Hey, welcome to our self-indulgent podcast, Legends of Philadelphia. That's a good, uh, it is, that's definitely true. These are your hosts, Johnny Zito and his best friend, Tony Trove. I'm Brian Bierman, helping out on engineering duties. You might be asking, what makes these jamokes such experts? Well, in addition to being Philadelphia natives, Tony Trove and Johnny Zito have a little t-shirt business, Sathaline, that focuses on Philly culture and in-jokes. Lots of times, customers will ask us, you know, what's the deal with double parking in South Philly? Or they want to know if they can put mayo on a cheesesteak. Yes, unequivocally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we decided to start this podcast as an easy explainer for new Philadelphians and a refresher for the old heads. The city fascinates us and excites us. So we're hoping to share that with you. All right, let's just talk about let's just talk about mayo really fast. <laughs> oh, this might go ahead. I this might, I case. will more likely put all right, all right, all right, real quick, real quick. I will more likely put a mayo on a cheesesteak, yes, a, a, a hoagie cheesesteak. Then I actually would put on a regular hoagie, which should get oil. You know what I've been doing recently? <laughs> what have you been doing recently? <laughs> mayo and oil on a hoagie? No, too wet. No, no, no. Too wet. You eat it fast. Too, no, it's too sloppy. It just slides down your throat, and you just, just you swallow it whole like a duck. Like a duck. <laughs> like a duck. That's the way. That's the way to do it. Oh no, no, I don't, want, I don't want... Mm-mm. I love mm-hmm. it. No. I put no. mayonnaise Ho- on everything. Hoagies so. get oil only. A cheesesteak. No, a mayonnaise hoagie, on hoagie. Can get ho- mayo. Get a lot of mayonnaise on a hoagie, too. No. Ugh. No. Oh, get the hell out of here! You're both wrong. I'm I'm anti mayo across the board. I'm gonna get an American cheese hoagie. Uh, no, get the hell out of here. <laughs> get the. Yeah. Yeah. You put you're gonna put mayo on gabagool. Get the get out I'll of try here! I try it. Get out of here! Ew. You guys are talking about it, and like I think of like someone with a cheesesteak and just squeeze bottling some mayo on it, and it just like is. And gross what to is me. mayo? Great. What is? I don't mayo? even really it's know. Fun. It's like oil. It's, it's raw egg. egg. It's, it's raw egg eggs. And paprika, I think maybe raw a little eggs. Bit. Gross. It doesn't even really have a taste to it either. It's just kind of. It's very plain. It doesn't have much of a. What zest. are you talking about? It's a lubrication. What are you it's, a, it's, a, it's a food lubrication. It's a food lubricant. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, get some ranch, like a decent person. I don't know what flavor. kind of mayonnaise you're eating, but mayonnaise has a flavor and it's delicious. I can't think of I nothing's coming to mind. It just is, it just seems. Well, then you don't know. Then you gotta tr- go try mayonnaise because you're not living no, life right. If it, if if you're putting mayo on a hoagie, then it's not a hoagie. Get the hell that's, out of here! How dare you say that? <laughs> Literally every hoagie I probably ever eaten had mayonnaise on it. And I would want it no other then it, way. Then you've never had a hoagie, son. Well, that's fine, then. then Whatever. Then you can no. go guard. Look, you can even, be the hoagie police. And look, you can be the hoagie Nazis. Is that an Italian hoagie? <laughs> no, all hoagies are Italian. All right? That's like saying the Italian Zito. All Zitos are Italian. It's it's ridiculous. If it's, you're putting mayo on it, then it's not a hoagie. It's like... No, that it's is... Like some, it's like... That is... It's like some sandwich. It's like a sandwich from, from, from like, Abington. You are you are so it's like, wrong. It's, like a, it's ridiculous. It's like a, it's like something they eat in Pittsburgh. It's like something they eat in like Nebraska. It, like, yeah, and Nebraska. May- mayo is definitely a Nebraska you, thing. May- you mayo, are it, out it, of it, your yeah. mind. Right now. No, I'm not out of my mind. It it's called. You do seem oil. drunk with power. Yeah, 
I do feel powerful because I get to put Beerman in his place on on Hoagies and Mayo on, <laughs> on our podcast. Legends of Philadelphia. <laughs> this might be it because I didn't know this. <laughs> this I walk. Yeah. It's a deal breaker. We and Zito planned this. He texted me. He was like, let's give him hell about his opinions on hoagies. <laughs> I was like, great idea, dude. Great idea. Yeah, we should have did this at the end because I don't want to record now. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm half hot. <laughs> <laughs> you put mayo on your pretzels, too? No. Ugh. I don't do that. No. Is that what, is that what they is that what they do in Port Rich Man? <laughs> yeah, we put they put their pinky up too. Is that what they do in, in Kensington? I guess the, uh, all of that fits with uh, all that animosity fits with today's theme because we're going to be talking about uh, one of the <laughs> all time greatest rivalries: uh, the Flyers versus. Uh, the Soviets. Uh, the Flyers Red Army game was a famous international ice hockey game played on January 11th, 1976, between the Philadelphia Flyers of the North American based NHL uh, Hockey League and the Central Sports Club of the Army of Moscow, known as the Red Army Team of the Soviet Union. So today we're going to talk about how South Philly won the Cold War. You're welcome. Oh, God. Another pro South Philly episode. That's right. They're all pro South Philly episodes, Beerman. <laughs> yeah. what, what, it's like they and the Italian hoagie. They're all pro South Philly. Didn't some politician <laughs> get? Didn't didn't politi- Didn't some politician visit here and he put mayonnaise on his cheesesteak and everybody gave him shit for it? It was like I think it was John Kerry. I'm yeah, you, it's, okay, it's okay. John for Kerry. I that gives me more respect for John Kerry. He's a war hero. How dare you? I didn't say anything about him. I'm saying I I, I don't I don't probably agree with his politics, but but the mayo on the cheesesteak, I'm all me and him see eye to eye, and everybody gave him shit for it. Uh, and and you, when I say everybody, I'm talking about people like you, Trove. People who like they <laughs> they judge people judge. Oh, a, a cheesesteak can only be this. A cheesesteak is like, it can be anything. It's like art. It's like a painting. It could be fucking whatever you want. So you, oh, uh, uh, you can't put mayonnaise on a hoagie. I'm the I'm the mayonnaise police. This is what I do. I walk around. I pro, I patrol people. Hey, son, you got mayonnaise on that cheesesteak <laughs> or hoagie? Get out of here. People like Are you. you. Keep bringing it up. <laughs> whatever. Go to Delisandro's or wherever wherever that is. <laughs> do you guys uh do you guys have any recollection or prior knowledge of the do we like the flyers uh, red army yes game i like the flyers are my known? favorite philadelphia sports team no i never heard of this really i never Beerman? heard of this what what really this is a good one beerman i, I thought you might have i was like yeah beerman's gonna be great for the show because he loves philadelphia and he's a local and he'll probably know all the same stuff we know about and every week it's a, it's a big it's a big Big lesson for Beerman. Yeah. It's a, a cultural lesson. For yeah, Beerman. yeah. Oh, oh, Jim Croce. What an interesting. Fellow. Yeah, I didn't know who Jim oh. Croce was I, until last week. Do you know what a hoagie? Do you wait, wait? Do you know what a hoagie is? Do you know it's like it's a, it's a piece of bread. It's like, a, like Italian roll, and it's got. I'm sure. Tomato, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure this deli lesson oil. is really exciting for everybody at home. They love hearing about ingredients to sandwiches. You know, it's really. It's a good thing. It's a good thing this episode we're not recording in the same room together. That's all I can say. Yeah, because I'd be you'd be have two black eyes by now. I, I would slap <laughs> you with some mayo. You'd be tapping or napping, son. So, so yeah, I, of course I know who the Red Army 
Flyers game is. It is legendary. Every Philadelphian should know what this is. It took place at the Spectrum. It's when South Philly destroyed communism. It, 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 it's, when, it's when the Soviets fell, and they fell hard in South Philly, and, and the Flyers made them beg for money like pigs, and they, and they, and they, they still beat them. It's the best. It's one of the best Philadelphia stories ever. Go ahead, Zito. Tell it. Oh Teach Beerman God. something. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I'm fired up. I got a lot to say today. Yeah. A little too much. A little too- yeah, you're trying to say enough. it all at once. Not enough. I'm going to mute the two of you. and It's going to be me talking for an hour. I guess, uh, Trove, you have uh, you have fond memories of this uh, game. Beerman, you've never heard of it before, so I guess we'll, we'll this will be a learning experience. Um, but getting back into I it. I didn't want to look it up because I was like, it'll be fun to learn about. How do you not know about this? I don't want to be honest. Here's another. To be honest, here's another thing you can yell about. Yell at me about. I never really watched <laughs> hockey. Really, I like what I'd what? watch. What I'll watch what? casually. Like I watched the Flyers in the playoffs <laughs> last year, and like I watched the Stanley Cup in the '90s. But I never really watched hockey, so I I don't know like the a lot of the history about this. Uh, so that's why I'm here to learn. All right. I guess you think you know someone. Uh, I guess I, I know John's a Flyers fan. Yeah. John's got a Flyers tattoo. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rod Brindamore's face on my got, back. Zito's got a Rod Brindamore. <laughs> Zito's got a Ron Hextall tattoo. Uh, Zito drives the Ron Hextall pickup truck in South Philly. Have you ever seen that go by? That's, that's actually Zito. me. That's yeah. Zito's. That's, that's Zito's. Zito's. <laughs> go knock on the door. Try to, t- try to talk to him. It's definitely Zito. So knock on the window and try to talk to the guy, and that's Zito. Yeah. You ever Flag me down. <laughs> wave me down. Talk to him about Star Trek. Whoever's in that truck, I'm sure he'll love it. That's what they want to. That's what they want to talk about. That's really what I want to talk about. You won't get uh, knocked out. Ask me as a Vulcan. Ask me as a Vulcan. You won't get knocked out. Uh, I remember my dad and my uncles <laughs> talking about this game mostly uh, because, uh, you know, it's like a legendary thing, but it wasn't like something that you could catch in reruns or whatever. But in our early 20s, uh, ESPN Classic was a thing. And so uh, one night it was it was just like a, a Tuesday night classic hockey game or whatever, and it was the, the Red Army game. And it did live up to the hype. All the things that my my dad and uncles talked about over and over again, they were – they were all there, right on the screen, and it and it was uh, a rough game, and and there was drama and uh, shouting, and um, uh, the fate of the world feels like it's it hangs in the, the balance. Best. Yeah, the best. Yeah, the best game. Um, so uh, and you can find it on YouTube. Looking it up for this game, I went and watched some highlights on YouTube, and then somebody like made a supercut of all of the uh, all all the, the the hits and all the the elbows and this and and you know like the real gory stuff. The spearing. <laughs> the spearing. And all the times it went. That's what I'm talking about, Beerman. Where's the organ player? Why don't the Flyers have an organ player? I Dude, I, the, the organ player, organ players were the coolest job in music and sports at the same time. <sighs> Maybe we're going to have a whole other episode just on organs. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. It'll be really popular for the wrong reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So um, in 1976, Moscow's ice hockey team was one of the most dominant in sports history, winning the Soviet championship for 13 consecutive years between 1977 and 1989. CSKA, as they were known, 
played many games against NHL clubs, including a North American tour in 1975 and then again in 1976. Total, the Red Army Club played 36 games against NHL teams from 1975 to 1991 and finished with a record of 26 wins, 8 losses, and 2 ties. Pretty good. They were pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they were pretty great. Um, but not the best. Apparently not. By the transitive property, no. The Flyers are the best. So the 1975-76 series between various NHL teams and two touring Soviet teams, the powerhouse Red Army team and the somewhat lesser Soviet wing squad, uh, was another pivotal moment in the tenuous relationship between the NHL and the Soviet hockey program. The games, like the subsequent Canadian Cup uh, or the Canada Cup tournaments, which also began in 1976, were not treated like exhibitions. Uh, they played to win. Uh, the Soviets were taking no prisoners. Uh, coming into the final match of the NHL series, the Red Army was still undefeated, having tied uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, be and beaten all the other NHL teams that they had faced. Their final game was to be played in the Spectrum in Philadelphia against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, Flyers. Oh, man. They're calling uh, Bobby Clark. Coming in uh, our turf. Yeah. The drama was no, set. No Soviets allowed. And I guess, like, I mean, it's 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 it seems like such a relic to be like, oh, we hate communists or whatever. But at the time, it you know, it it, it literally is the only two superpowers in the world facing off. Instead of fa fighting wars, they have these these they contests. have hockey. Yeah, yeah, they have hockey. I, I would say the Russians are still a threat. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> I would say they have uh, they have their influence around here. That's true. Not on this That's show. True. I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be dead than red. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Nothing against their politics, but nothing against their politics. <laughs> it's purely a nationalist thing. Uh, in anticipation of this match, the uh, Soviet team was supplemented by all other All Stars from across the Russian league. So. They'd beaten everybody with their regular team, with the Moscow team's regular players, but in anticipation of playing the league champs, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, they went and recruited all the best players from across the, the whole Russian league, and they flew those guys in. Not so much as ringers, because they were Russians as well, but they're from, they're, it's not just Moscow versus <laughs> Philly. It's, they weren't it's, Swedish people trying to be Russians? Well, I mean, the Soviet Union... Was well, it the Soviet bloc? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, like, it's a lot of countries. Come on, Beerman. <laughs> Keep it up, dude. <laughs> we're fighting after this episode. I'm coming over. Yeah, but you're coming over here. I'm not coming to you. I'm coming. You're driving up. No, we're meeting in the middle. We're meeting in the middle. <laughs> you yes. guys, you guys can rollerblade to each other and do a one-on-one. -on -one. No, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna meet you at the CVS, <laughs> the CVS parking lot. <laughs> that guy who never wears a shirt is gonna be the ref. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. You, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got to be more specific, I think. <laughs> the guy's always yelling, never wearing a shirt. Oh yeah, Whatever. yeah. That 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 narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that shirtless guy in South Philly who's always yelling. So, but, well, when you see me at C when we're at the CVS Dunkin' Donuts Park, yeah, lot, say something. Say I'll, something to my face. I'm, you say something. You say something. <laughs> you say something first. Fight, fight me. Fight me. Uh, before they had arrived in Philadelphia, the Soviet players and hockey leaders were aware of the rough reputation uh, of the Broad Street Bullies, a Pravada cartoon 
had portrayed the Flyers as Neanderthal thugs wielding clubs instead of sticks. Uh, Flyers captain. <laughs> I, I looked up the cartoon. It's pretty funny. I, we'll, we'll put it in the visual companion. I love that. Yeah. There are also in the since we mention this all the time the, in the Simpsons they are the jury when Homer sells <laughs> yeah. his soul. It's like the worst people. It's like Nixon. Who is it? It's like the worst people ever. And <laughs> Lizzie. Borden. Yeah, Lizzie and the Broad Street Bullies. But they couldn't. They but they're things are blue. They're not orange. I guess because the they couldn't yeah. get the rights or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, the Flyers captain Bobby Clark's reputation was already cemented due partially to his actions in the 1972 Summit series, where he delivered an infamous slash to the ankle of Valeri Karlamov in Game Six. So I think he broke that guy's leg. Wow. Flyers owner Ed Snyder had several reasons to dislike the Soviets, in addition to the Soviet Western political tensions. Tough, often contentious negotiations took place with the Soviet officials before the series became a reality, and Snyder was an active participant. The Flyers owner found his patience tried by the difficult negotiating process with the Soviet officials, and Snyder also bristled at criticism by some for allowing his hockey team to participate in a series that would pump money into the Soviets' pockets. Yeah, I mean, that's like playing tennis with the Nazis. Yeah. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't want to get in bed with them. Yeah, these guys, right, the news tells you these guys are awful, evil human beings, and you're just going to play a nice game of ice hockey with them. There definitely seems to be a conflict of, like a, like a cognitive disconnect there. I would say the only way it's worth doing is completely embarrass them. I'm sure that was the <laughs> argument, uh, but then the, the, the Russians just, you know, ran over everybody. Yeah. So it looked like, you know, now they're going to come to Philly and humiliate the, the Flyers as well. They better not. I hope they don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, finally, uh, there were strictly uh, hockey-related reasons for Snyder to dislike the Soviets so strongly. The diametrically opposite styles of hockey practiced by the Flyers and the Red Army team created an instant source of conflict. Although the Flyers... Oh, that's interesting. See, that's interesting because um, I'm going to bring it... This is what I do. I bring it back wrestling. to wrestling. Oh. In wrestling, Good. Every country has like their different style of wrestling and shit. So that's interesting that they played a different style of hockey than like Western hockey. I like that you're yeah. like, well, all of everybody who listens to the podcast knows wrestling, so I'll put it in in our terms. No, <laughs> I literally know that like maybe three people who listen do watch wrestling, but uh, I don't care. So I bring it. Up. <laughs> I bring it up for me so I can have fun sometimes instead of being yelled at about what I, what, what kind of hoagie I like to eat. I'm not done yelling about that. I know you're not. I got to hear that. That'll be part two. That's this. next week. Uh, although the Flyers of the mid-1970s were actually a very skilled team uh, with the likes of future Hall of Famers Bobby Clark, Bill Barber, and Bernie Perrant, plus all-star caliber talent such as Reggie Leach, Rick McLeish, and defenseman Jimmy Watson, but the 75-76 Flyers were best known for their aggressive brand of physical play. Snyder's competitive fires were stoked by the realization that the chance to play the Soviets represented the chance to prove that his squad was uh, one of the best teams in the world and more than just a bunch of goons. A goon squad. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, we can like... We'll show everyone. We don't just like... Yeah, we don't just like knock people's teeth out. We can also like play... We can like straight up play hockey, like pure hockey. Well, I'm not sure because like I I read a bunch of different quotes from him, and some of it was like our hockey's better than their kind of hockey, and some of it okay. was, and then some of it was like we can play finesse hockey too. 
So I, I mean, I was just like competitive to be competitive, and then like, I mean, you watch the game, and the and the Flyers did beat them up, and so, I mean, if he was trying to not appear <laughs> to be a goon squad, I, I, I don't know that he, I don't know that he. Hey, that's what they're best to be at. a goon squad. It would have been way worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm not trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you tell me to be nice to Beerman, and I'm like, I am. Yeah, this, this is was, nice. He said that earlier. He said that before this episode. <laughs> you know, he's sensitive about mayonnaise. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodwill get together before the game was fraught with tension. Flyers announcer Gene Hart, who spoke fluent Russian, taught Flyers owner Ed Snyder to say Whoa. a few phrases in Russian. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. Gene Hart speaks That's fluent weird. Russian. Isn't it? Dirty words? Why? Just, probably. It's, probably. I don't know. I, I don't know. See, he probably like, get into those t- teach me to say hello and have a good game. And he probably like told him like 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 st- stick a hockey stick in your butt. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> whatever, whatever is like a <laughs> a Russian hockey insult of the time. I'll uh, I'll bet Gene Hart had. Um... Oh, what is it? The uh, the Tasty Cake uh, uh, play of the game. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's ever done that. I wonder if he's ever done it in Russian. I, I would love to hear a recording of it. Uh, that would be, uh, that's like, that. yeah. And it, <laughs> that's like that Superman when he goes to Russia, when he's like born in Russia instead of, you know. Oh, it's Red Sun. Red Sun, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a test, Beerman. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one comic book I know. (laughs) So when the time came, uh, there was no mingling whatsoever between the Soviet contingent and the Flyers staff and players. Uh, And when Snyder took the podium, he spoke tersely and omitted any phrase that Hart had taught him. Uh, whether it be good or bad. Oh. Snyder later said, uh, quote, when I looked at all those faces, all those cold faces, I just couldn't do it. I just really hated those bastards, end quote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't look at their faces. I don't don't like you and anyone who looks like you. (laughs) (laughs) He just couldn't bring himself to speak Russian in front of them. He just couldn't bring himself to do it. So during the game, the Flyers dictated the tempo and were able to take the body on the Soviet players and avoid getting caught in the Soviet up-tempo transition game. Uh, in the first period, with the game still scoreless, Flyers defenseman Ed Van Imp, who had just finished serving a penalty for hooking, left the box and immediately placed a hard hit that knocked out Moscow star Valery Karmalov. Karlamov. Karlamov. <clears throat> Karlamov. Valery Karlamov. Sorry about that. Valeri's listening, he's, and he's like, what? Yeah, yeah. You don't even know my name? He's furious. <laughs> I'm famous. I'm famous. <laughs> Karlamov lay prone on the ice for a minute. The replay suggested that Van Imp elbowed Karlamov in the head. Van Imp later joked, quote, he basically ran into my elbow with his head, end quote. So it was his fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Lloyd Gilmore, the referee, refuses to call a penalty, maintaining that Van Imp's check was clean, the Red Army coach uh, Laktev, Laktev protested by pulling the team from the ice. This led to commentator Bob Cole saying live on the air, quote, they're going home, they're going home, repeatedly. In a 2016 <laughs> interview with the CBC, Bob Cole said, quote, I got caught up in the moment and started saying those words, and even though uh, I had no idea what was going on at the ice level, uh, I kept going. <laughs> 
end quote. After the <laughs> game, uh, he thought he might get fired for making those comments on air. Nah, so he just, we like, love it. Everyone loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's adding to the drama. Um, in fact, many believe Snyder got into the uh, uh, people watching at home believed that Snyder had gotten to a shouting match with the president of the Soviet Hockey Federation, threatening to not pay for the series if they did not return to the ice. However, NHL President Campbell was the only person to negotiate with the Soviets. Uh, Ed Snyder later admitted that he was on the periphery yelling to Campbell, quote, tell them they won't get paid, end quote. Uh, so the so it, That's the he best. was yelling That's at the them, but they weren't yelling back, I guess. He made them go wow. back. Yeah, he's like, he, it's like when it was like they throw the money and like make them like pick it up, you know? <laughs> you, yeah, like, like stuffing hundred dollar bills in someone's mouth. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, what kind of <laughs> look at look at you communists now? You love money, you pigs. <laughs> yeah, force them to love capitalism. Yeah, buy some now stuff. Now who loves money? Do you think there was like? Russian fans at the spectrum, like a couple, like you, there had to have been like a couple who were like, who were like, like had like North Russian East jerseys <laughs> or no, or, or, or just like, yeah, like, yeah, like, uh, and, and they just got like dunked on by, uh, everybody. No way. No way. No, it goes? doesn't seem, no, no. looking at interviews with the Soviet players years later, they talked about these tours as being like grueling everywhere they went. They were just like just hassled and uh and harassed from the from the, the audiences from the crowds yeah they they were the bad guys everywhere they fired went fired up and it was like 50 years ago right and they <laughs> like 45 years ago i'm like i'm going to go to their hotel <laughs> i'm sick of this kremlin hope you like the battle hymn republic cuz i'm going to sing it all day <laughs> And then on top of it, the Russians won everywhere they went, and so you, they they come to town. They're the bad guy, and then they 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 you know they beat up your hometown champs, and then and they, they move win. on to the next then, town. Yeah, what are you gonna say now? Yeah, what, you, what do you got to say now? That's why it's, they let this their is the best. They make them come to Philadelphia. They get beat up. They lose the game. They they get converted to being capitalists. Uh, the Soviets prolonged the game stoppage by arguing to make their return to the ice conditional on the referee canceling their impending delay of game bench penalty. So uh, they eventually accepted the penalty and came back to the ice, but their objective, they delayed the game 17 minutes, and their objective was, well, we'll just keep the delay going until you agree to let us, uh, until you agree to waive the delay. The game delay tactic backfired on them as they returned to find the Flyers rested and more resolute than ever. The Flyers scored quickly after play resumed and never looked back. One key contribution to the Flyers' win was a technical decision made by the Flyers' head coach, Fred Shiro, to stand up to the Red Army attack at the Flyers' defensive blue line rather than just to back off the line, which caught the Red Army off guard since no other NHL team had tried this tactic uh, on their tour. Oh, nice. So the NFL, uh, or excuse me, the Flyers ended up outshooting the Red Army 49-13 to en route to a 4-1 victory. Damn. Take that, Beerman. Yeah, more shots on gold. I'll <laughs> 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 teach you to have sympathy for them. Uh, I yeah. guess... <clears throat> Mayo like, uh, like, like most hockey games, it came down to shots on goal. 49-13 to is pathetic. To, you know, to, 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 to It's pathetic, to Beerman. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's pathetic. Zito said yeah. it. You can't, uh, like my man Michael Scott says, you, you miss uh, 100% of the shots you don't take. And I don't think that the Red Army took enough shots. 
That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> Dude, just send them back. Send them back <laughs> to go Moscow. Out. They, they. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that it that they didn't shoot enough shots. They didn't shoot enough. I'll say it. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I'll step on their toes. That's, I'm saying it. That's my hot take. Forty years later, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't shoot enough. Forty-four years later, should have shot more. <laughs> if you want my opinion. After the game, Flyers head coach Fred Shiro jokingly told low-scoring defenseman Joe Watson that he had set the Soviet hockey program back 25 years by scoring a shorthanded goal on the great Vladislav Tretiak. Admits the Flyers' pride in their convincing victory against the outstanding Russian team, the seeds of a contentious uh, rivalry had grown even further. To this day, Tretiak, who views the tie game in Montreal Forum as the high point of the series, says that the Flyers won by playing, quote, rude hockey. Uh, coach Lotkin, <laughs> rude. <laughs> rude hockey. Uh, rude. Coach Coach Loktev called the Flyers a bunch of animals. That's quite as well. <laughs> uh, the Flyers, meanwhile, left with the belief that the Soviets had confirmed uh, that that had confirmed their feelings about the Soviets that the Russian players were skilled but soft. Soft, too soft for South Philly. Um, and I. I you got to give this guy Tretiak some some credit. I mean, he thinks that the tie game in Montreal no. was their was their best game, and then the you know so he's not above losing, or or he's, he he just wants to be beat by somebody who he respects, and he clearly did not respect the Philadelphia Flyers. Did not respect them. Yeah, that that's what losers say. Winners write the history, and we say they're yeah. soft. They say they're soft. Yeah. <laughs> who, who cares what he has to say? He's lost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Milt Donnell of the Toronto Star had... Milt Donnell. Milt Donnell. That's not that funny of a last name. Uh, the whole name is funny. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Milt Donnell of the Toronto Star had written this comment after the close of the series. Quote, The Moscow Musketeers had to put a big fat zero on their aptitude test by pulling one of the dumbest <laughs> tricks in sports. They hauled their team off the ice. Loktev knew the conditions before the game. Nobody loves playing in Philadelphia. Once he's accepted the game with the Flyers under NHL rules with an NHL referee, he was in the same boat as the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Vancouver Canucks when they have to visit Philly. Loktev, oh, nice. Loktev these Canadian wanted... writers, these Canadian writers, all they do is complain. Loktev, like, listen, now you know the horror of going to Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, Loktev wanted his team to know what it's like to play with the Flyers in Philly under the NHL conditions. Well, that's what it is like, end quote. <laughs> so, um, Milt Dunnell said, nut up. All right, thank you, Milton. Take a, take a seat. <laughs> Nobody likes playing in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, uh, what was the last time the Maple Leafs won a Stanley Cup? <laughs> it was before World War II. <laughs> So let, let's let's sit down, Milton. Have, have a seat. Uh, the Flyers were the only NHL team that managed to defeat the Red Army that year. Uh, a little more, <clears throat> a little more than a decade after the showdown in the Spectrum, the Soviet Union was crumbling politically. In order to raise funds, the Soviet hockey program. L O L. You called us rude. You called us animals. How about that? Your about whole, that? your whole, uh, your whole economic system is breaking down. <laughs> Wait until Rocky gets a hold of you. Yeah, yeah. You don't even know. You don't even know what's coming. <laughs> South Philly's coming to your town now. <laughs> uh, 
In order to raise funds, the Soviet hockey program started to negotiate and uh, auction off selected prominent national team veterans to be dispersed to NHL teams. The Snyders refused to get the Flyers involved in, sneak in seeking to acquire any Soviet players, citing the fact that Soviet officials were demanding a large portion of the players' NHL sal salaries be diverted into their hands, the government's hands, rather than being given directly to the players. Oh, uh, that's bullshit. Yeah, they kind of sold these guys off like indentured servants or something. It's, it sounds, it sounds kind of weird. I, 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 I would be interested to learn more. Not having any Russian players kind of came back to hurt the Flyers in the years after that because the best hockey teams of the 90s all had great Russian players on them. Look, Bobby Clark was the GM <laughs> at this point, and I mean, he took a bunch of hits to the head. He's not a, he's not, he's a, he's a great player, but he's not a great GM. So you, well, he had a you, want this, you want this Russian who's like faster than anything you've ever seen, or you want like a, a like a dumpy Canadian? And they're like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to put my money on a <laughs> Go ahead say. It. I don't Oh, I don't know. Any of the 97 flyers. <laughs> I was looking at you, oh. Sean Antosky. <laughs> you want you want you want a Russian who's like faster than light or you want Sean Antosky? He's he's kind of big. Oh, I'll go with the oh. dumpy Canadian. I love <laughs> and mayo. On paper, the Flyers should have been a the dominant team in most of these matchups with their Russian transplants, but they never quite got there. In 1997, the Flyers were stacked with the quote Legion of Doom. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, a lot, a lot of headlines with the Legion of Doom and yeah, uh, a solid. Uh, they they had a couple of solid lines back then, actually. Um, but when they faced Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings, a team full of some of the best Russian players in the league at the time, the Flyers were swept. Uh, it was very disappointing. And a young Anthony T. wept. I did. I cried when the Flyers lost the Stanley Cup in 1997. <laughs> I don't know about you, John. I don't know if you have a heart. I, uh, I didn't, I didn't oh, get a chance to cry. I, was so I didn't, heartbroken. Was so I didn't watch the last game. I didn't watch really? the last you game. Like, it was... you, didn't want to, you didn't want to sit through it? No, I, uh, yeah, because I, I had to. Um, do it. No, I was so upset uh, from the the Phillies losing in '93 that I just couldn't do it to myself. I didn't watch oh the very last game. Did I remember? That I think Gary Barbera Dodgeland did it like a, a promo where you they had like a Red Wings mobile and if like, you, you give them like ten bucks, you could hit it with a hammer. And I, I, like, <laughs> I hit it so many times I couldn't even lift it anymore. And maybe that's a symbol of <laughs> symbolic or a metaphor how it was gonna go. Ugh, it was ugly. Yeah. It was ugly. It was ugly. That was the year that it they put ugly. the uh, the Flyers uh, jersey on Billy Penn on City yes. Hall as well. Yeah. yeah, I signed it. You guys signed it. I s I signed it too. Yeah. No, I didn't get to. No, I was left out. Well, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> no, I guess not. You, Trove, you mentioned the guy had that hat. Had that? You you knew somebody who had the Phillies hat. Do you know anybody? Who, do you know who has the the no, Flyers uh, jersey? The, I don't know where the William William Penn Flyers jersey was. And I, this kind of put the end to. Let's dress up William Penn in sports apparel because it was like two losses. It in never a row. works. It never works. It never works. Yeah, yeah. The curse works. of Billy Penn. Maybe we could do that in another episode. But uh, uh, don't dress. Don't dress. He's a he's a Quaker. He doesn't want to wear. He's got clothes. He he's has like clothes. Uh, it's like putting sweater on a dog. It's he's got. He's already got a. He doesn't. Need <laughs> <laughs> Some dogs get cold, Brian. No. Some dogs they're not allowed. They're not allowed to get cold. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're not allowed. 
Those aren't real dogs, then, if they get cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Can we wrap this up, please? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, later, of course, the Flyers uh, began to scout and draft Soviet players on the same basis that they would uh, players from any other hockey team. But uh, just nine players from Russia have ever been drafted by the Flyers, and just 14 Russians have ever played in a regular season game for the Flyers. So do you think there's still a uh, there's still a residual like oh, Ed like, Snyder uh, was the uh, was hesitant the... hesitancy to to yeah. draft Russian people? I, Ed Snyder owned the Flyers until he died, like a couple years ago. You know, this is like the culture of the Flyers in the in this when they, when they started in the sixties. It's been the same until a couple years ago. So. He couldn't even look at them in the face. He hated them so much. Like I'm like joking around. They're cold. But faces. like he like meant it, you know? <laughs> uh what a character, Ed Snyder. I love it. Uh, Flyers I mean, fan do for the, life. I'm not exactly sure where the best hockey players in the world come from now. I mean, it was the Russians for so long and it was like a an international sport. Bethesda, Maryland. Now, right? Bethesda. <laughs> The country of Bethesda, Maryland. Yeah, I mean, like, most of the Flyers are, like, Canadian, right? Yeah, I I, I, I imagine. I mean... <laughs> there was, like, John LeClaire was American, but every, they're all Canadians. The I don't I don't know what the modern Russian hockey league looks like, but during the Cold War, they were pumping tons of money into it because they wanted to be able to compete on the world stage when it came time for things like the Olympics. And uh, well, a lot of Soviet bloc guys even came over, like, with, like, Yamir Yager. You yeah, know, yeah. Like when, You're so right. when, when communism fell, like these guys were like, "Hey, can I play hockey in the NHL?" Right, you know? right. And, Lots of Lithuanians. Uh, looking can for a can job. I come be a can be a superstar? You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Claude Giroux is not a Russian. No. No, <laughs> no clearly. Clearly. Maybe that's why they don't win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flipping sides. We need more Russians around here. We need more mayo in our cheesesteaks <laughs> and our hoagies. Communism is good. Communism is good. Free money for everyone. <laughs> wow, it was like a little character arc in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trove's in the Politburo now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> vodka, my favorite drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move to Northeast <laughs> Philly. <laughs> Go to bathhouses. Go to bathhouses <laughs> with Fran. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> nope. Nope. Got better things to do. He has his own podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, okay, that's pretty much all there is to know about the way, about how South Philly won the Cold War, right? You guys don't have anything else to add? Nope. I think I said everything I needed to say. <laughs> okay. Please check out our website, www.southfellini.com. That's S-O-U-T-H-F-E-L-L-I-N-I.com for cool Philly-inspired merch. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at South Fellini everywhere. Follow along and join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Uh, look out for new episodes of the podcast every Monday. Stay safe, wash your hands, and wear a mask. Bye. Bye. <laughs>